Well, the message of the gospel here today, and certainly how this gospel passage has been interpreted throughout the centuries of the church's existence, is that we have a contrast between two persons, but also two forms of life. Mary, on the one hand, represents the contemplative life, and St. Martha, on the other hand, represents the active life, the active life defined by service to one's neighbor, the contemplative life defined by liturgical worship of God and long hours of prayer, a life dedicated to prayer. And we see these two kinds of lives uh, in the expression, in their expressions in the body of Christ, in the church throughout the ages. We have some members of the church who have dedicated their lives to serving the poor. And we have some members of the church who have dedicated their lives to prayer. And, you know, we think of the contemplative orders like discalced Carmelites or whoever they might be. And uh, that is certainly, I think, a true and valid understanding of this gospel text and a true and valid understanding of Mary and Martha. But I think also what's maybe missed in that interpretation is that Martha, the woman who represents the active life, I think also is a representative of the contemplative life, of the life of prayer as well. If we think about it, this event in the life of our Lord's ministry, it needed to be witnessed by someone, and it needed to then be told orally to the community and passed down before it was written into the gospel. And who would have been the person who was in a position to actually uh, witness this event and to then tell it again to others and for it to eventually be written, who but Martha herself? And I think that implicit here is that Martha learns the lesson Martha, the woman of action, she understands about that one necessary thing. She understands the importance of contemplation and prayer. And I think she learns the lesson here. It's implicit. And otherwise, we wouldn't have learned about it. She wouldn't have told it to anybody. And uh, so let's talk a little bit about the importance of, of prayer just a very basic um, sort of the rudiments or the ABCs of prayer. We have what's called vocal prayer on the one hand, and that is when we have certain memorized prayers, fixed prayers that we say, that we know, and these become our doorways or our bridges between ourselves and God. But there's another form of prayer that is not talked about enough, and it's sometimes it's referred to as mental prayer. I, I would I would say its essence is spontaneous spontaneity, as opposed to fixed prayers. We have spontaneous prayers that we pray from our hearts before God, oftentimes silently. They can be verbal as well, 
but maybe the essence of that uh, spontaneous kind of prayer is that it flows forth from the heart and it comes forth that way and, and, and it reaches God in silence. And the way that we should be praying this kind of prayer, and if we don't know this prayer, I, I greatly encourage all of us here to try to exercise and practice this kind of spontaneous prayer. And uh, basically there's three main steps to it. You have meditation, you have what might be called affections, and then you have your resolution. So it's very simple. Three main phases or steps or components to this kind of spontaneous prayer. You take some time in your day on a daily basis, maybe begin with 15 minutes, see if you can up it up a little bit to a half an hour. If you can do an hour of mental prayer a day, that's excellent. But begin with 15 minutes. And you have some kind of uh, reading in front of you that you are considering, that you're going to meditate upon. And that's the first step of that prayer. So you might take the Mass readings for the day and you meditate upon them. It's helpful to read them the night before so that when you wake up the next morning, that content, the topic of your meditation is in your mind, in your heart. You've, you've slept on it. And then you take five minutes and you read and you read slowly and you ask the Holy Spirit to illumine your mind so that you can uh, receive insight into what you're reading. You can read scripture, you can read the classics, the lives of the saints. There's various things that are appropriate to read, various things that are appropriate topics for meditation. And then you let what you think about evolve and develop into acts of the will and acts of hope, acts of faith, acts of love. And then finally, you know, maybe after another five minutes, ten minutes, you, you make a decision to do something concrete that day. So, for example, this morning in my resolution, it was to do a better preparation in my office and the, the prayer that I pray in the breviary every day, every priest has to pray these fixed prayers. But I made a resolution to take more time before I began to place myself in the presence of God, to be more mindful. So from something very concrete, a concrete resolution. It might be I'm at work, there's a person at work who really irritates me, and I, am, I make a resolution to smile at that person. Maybe my daughter-in-law really irritates me. I make a resolution to refrain from opening up that valve of argumentation that so often opens up between her and I. Whatever it might be, you make a concrete resolution so that your prayer, your meditation, and your affections uh, develop into true life-transforming actions. Because unless we're being transformed by our prayer... Our prayer is in vain. That's the purpose of prayer. It's to make us better Christians. But without prayer, that active life of Martha can't take place. We need both Mary and Martha. And so today as we celebrate the memorial of St. Martha, who is a woman of action, a woman of holiness, a woman of service, we remember that she's also a woman of prayer. And without that prayer, that action, that service, and the concrete acts of our life uh, have no foundation and will actually won't be fruitful and won't come about.